Let's give a round of applause to Pastor Tracy, the worship team, Isaiah. Every time I, I see Isaiah talking on the mic, I think he's about to sing. I'm like, oh, he's about to sing right now. <laughs> hey, don't forget my man back here. Don't forget my man. Oh, I'm happy to be here this morning. Happy to be here this morning. Um, for the month of September, uh, New Vision Church will be uh, talking about finances. Are you guys still happy to be here this morning? Okay, okay. We'll be talking about finances, and uh, the title of today's message is More. Uh, you're going to hear that word a lot today. Everyone say more. Uh, and it's a three-part series uh, that will start today. Um, and you know what? The reality is that finances do matter. Uh, they matter in our homes. They matter in our church. And as Christians, uh, we often get surprised how much, uh, if you do spend time in Scripture, how much uh, the Bible uh, speaks to us about uh, money, wealth, and possessions. Um, as a matter of fact, there are over 2,300 verses that speak about money, wealth, and possessions combined. Uh, so what does that tell us that it's important to God? Amen? Now, when we talk about money, wealth, and possession, what is it that we all want? They, uh, shout out to my wife. Shout out to my wife. She, she paid attention. She paid attention. That's right. We want more money, more wealth, and more possession. That is how we are wired. That is how we are trained, especially when we're coming up uh, in the school system. And then we work, right? We go to school so that uh, we can get a degree and then hopefully get a good job so that we can get an entry-level position and make some money. And then as we go through life, we start uh, getting raises and then we keep upgrading our possessions, right? That's just how it is. And today, since we're going to talk about more in finances, I want us to, to take that concept and, and throw it away for a second because I want us to rethink that a little bit more. Um, today, I want us to, to go in depth and, and dive into having a, a biblical view of what it is to have more. We're going to talk about specifically about earning more saving more and giving more and how all of that connects together uh, with God in the center of it all. Now, before we start, there's a story that I want to share with you guys, and it's called uh, The Fisherman and the Businessman Story. I printed it out here is in front of me um, because I didn't want to forget any of the details. But uh, please get your popcorn, follow along uh, as I will read this story to you guys. It's called The Fisherman and the Businessman. There was once a businessman who was sitting by the beach in a small Brazilian village. It can be any village you want, guys. So you can plug that in there. But this, I'm saying Brazilian village. It could be uh, Puerto Rican village, Dominican village, wherever you guys want. But 
Uh, he sat there, and as he saw this Brazilian fisherman rowing a small boat towards the shore, having caught quite a few amount of fishes. The fisherman uh, replied, I mean, the businessman was impressed uh, of how much, how many fish this guy caught. So he said, how long does it take you to catch these many fishes? The fisherman replied, oh, you know, just a short while. Then why don't you stay longer at sea and catch even more, says the businessman. The businessman was astonished. The, the fisherman said, this is enough for me to feed my whole family. The businessman then asked, so what do you do the rest of your day? The fisherman replied, well, I usually wake up, wake up early in the morning, go out to the sea and catch a few fish. Then I go back and play with my kids in the afternoon. I take a nap with my wife. And when evening comes, I join my buddies and play guitars and play games throughout the night. The businessman offered a suggestion to the fisherman. He said, hey, man, look. I'm a PhD in business management. I can help you become more successful person. From now on, you should spend more time at sea and try to catch as many fish as possible. When you have saved enough money, you can buy a bigger boat and catch even more fish. Soon, you will be able to afford to buy more boats Set up your own company, your own production plan for canned food distribution network around the world. By then, you will have moved out to this village in Sao Paulo where you can set up your headquarters and manage all of your different branches. The fisherman said, and after that, the businessman laughed. He said, after that. You can live like a king in your own house. When the time is right, you can go public and float your shares, stock exchanges, and you will be rich. And the fisherman said, and after that, the business said, after that, you can finally retire. You can move to a house uh, by a fishing village. You can wake up early in the morning, catch a few fish. Then come home, play with your kids, have a nice afternoon nap with your wife. And then in the evening, you can spend time with your friends playing your guitar. And the fisherman puzzled, asking him, isn't that what I'm doing now? And that's what we're going to talk about. This is why this message is titled, More. Do you guys enjoy the story? So, being that, for those of you that don't know this, uh, New Vision Church is a free Methodist church, and uh, we're part of the free Methodist uh, umbrella. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about today about John Wesley. Does everybody know who John Wesley is? Show of hands, John Wesley, John Wesley. All right, if you don't know who John Wesley is, uh, definitely uh, consult uh, Bishop Google, look him up, and get familiarized with uh, John Wesley. Who do we have up there in the sound team? Can we put John Wesley up? Everyone say hello to John Wesley this morning. 
Now, I'll, I'll tell you a little background in John Wesley. Uh, John Wesley was uh, a theologian and founder of the Free Methodist Movement. And back in the 1700s, he had a major revival in his life uh, with this matter of more. He was on a mission to understand how do you get more out of life? And what does that even mean to get the most out of life? He was trying to define what is more. And the conclusion that uh, John Wesley came up with in, in his studies and spending time with God is that God is the more. And I know this might sound crazy right now, but by the end of this message, it's all going to connect. God is the more. Um, can we get the, the triangle slide? So what Wesley realized was that when it comes to this matter of making more, saving more, to give more, God should be the one that directs all of that. God should be the one why you want to make more money. He should be the one that directs you in terms of how you spend that money. In other words, God is not the treasure map for you to find your treasure. God is the treasure. That's why we have him in the center. He is the more. He's not the instrument to your financial happiness or aspirations, but rather he is the treasure. This concept brought great awakening to Wesley and the theologians of the time and the, the people that were following the Methodist movement. Many of us come to church because that's how we view God. We view him simply as an instrument to more. Today for this congregation and, and those that are here today, I want us to have that same kind of awakening when it comes to our finances. I want us to have that type of more moment like Wesley and the businessman. Today I pray that God allows us and that the Holy Spirit speaks to you and me directly when it comes to this matter of more. Let us pray this morning. Father, we thank you for your scripture. We thank you for your word. Father, we pray that the will of God and the Holy Spirit speaks to our minds, speaks to our hearts, speaks to our souls in this matter of finances, in this matter of more. Father, we ask that you remove anything that uh, will not allow us, Lord, to receive this morning, Father God, that you once again open up our minds and our hearts, Lord. In Jesus' holy name we pray, amen. So, Going into John Wesley, this was what, what he studied. This is what he researched. He said, wow. So it's like, it's like he unlocked it. He said, wow, God is the more, and he should be impacting the why I make more, 
why I save more, and the why I give more. Did I lose you? Are we here? Are you following? Say amen. If you don't get it, we can talk afterwards. See, Wesley realized that we should strive to make more so that we can save more and to give more. So he didn't just realize that, hey, it's okay just to make more. But he said, it's okay to make more if you're going to do B and C. It's okay to make more if you're going to save and if you're going to give. The giving and sharing part is probably the one that we struggle with the most. I can attest to that. I see it in my kids every day. I was telling the, the Spanish congregation earlier this morning how it's funny how we all uh, react to sharing and giving differently. Um, in my house, we're big uh, in sharing and caring. So all of my kids will say, sharing is caring, sharing is caring. Um, but they only like that part when they're receiving and not giving. Um, so if, you know, some, if I bring... Uh, food to the house and we're all eating and let's say uh you know i'll, I'll ask james right I say, james can i get a french fry you know i'm thinking james james is my firstborn that's it's my only boy that's my dog I said james let me get a let me get a french fry he he's a runner so when things don't go his way and he gets mad he runs so when i say james can i get a fry he gets mad and runs because he hates sharing hates sharing you know, we're, we're coaching him. My daughters, uh, Emily, the middle one, you know, Emily, my first daughter, she got me. Emily, I can't get a fry for that. Look, man, she, she will scream that you think you got to call 911. Like she will get loud. It is what it is. We're, we're working at it, we're working at it as parents. I think my little one, my little one got me, right? My little one, little baby Alexa, she got me. I say, Alexa, Alexa, let me, let me get a little fry for dad. She, she got two moves when she doesn't want to share. She, she does two moves. One is she'll either throw it like a grenade, like, <laughs> she'll throw it. <laughs> or she'll, she'll just take all, everything she has in her hands and shove it in her mouth. And then she'll give me the look like, I don't have any. I'm all out. You stuck. <laughs> but I say that because the, the non-sharing part is, is in us since we're kids. But thank God for scripture that can help us navigate through that. Amen. So now. If we think of where did Wesley get this frame of thought of, as you see guys on the screen, of God being the center, earning more, saving more so that you can give more. We can go to the book, and this is just one of many examples because the Bible talks about uh, money and possessions throughout. But one example that I found was in Matthew chapter 6. We're going to read out of Matthew chapter 6. So if you're here. This is time to uh, take out your Bibles and look for Matthew chapter 6. I'll give you some time. Um, you can take out your Bible app if you have it. 
Uh, but very important that you guys uh, take out your Bible. Uh, if you have a, a pen or something to take note with, uh, very, very important. We're going to be reading out of uh, Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to cover verse 19 to 43. Say amen if you have it. We have most of it on the screen as well. So if you do have it, uh, please say amen. I think one person got it. We'll wait. We'll wait. We'll wait. You're having uh, charger issues over there. I think we got Bibles in the back. We got Bibles in the back in the closet. If you want an actual Bible, we do have them in the back. Do we have a church? Amen. All right. All right. So Matthew chapter 6. And we'll begin with verse 19. And it reads as follow. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Now let's chop that verse up a little bit so we can digest it because we can just read over it and not really get much out of it. But in those first two verses, we're, we see a contrast between treasures on earth and treasures in where? In heaven. Now, that's a great uh, illustration and contrast because it's telling us that we're going to be doing either one or the other. And when we think about uh, treasures is in heaven and, and investing and sowing into uh, godly things, biblical things, we're telling God that, hey, we're living in ex in expectancy that one day you will come back. One day you will reign because we are believing in sowing in the kingdom of God. Does that make sense? We're either going to sow on earth or we're going to sow for kingdom things. And that is what that message is trying to tell us. Jesus knows that our possessions our acquisitions are corruptible, vulnerable, and temporary. One day, and one day, we pray to God that one day we get to go to heaven. And in heaven, you're not going to be able to take a moving truck. The U-Haul you've been working on all your life to, to fill with stuff. The TVs, the phones, the nice clothing, all that stuff, that U-Haul truck, you can't take to heaven. So that's what you got to realize. What are you spending your time in? Because if you're spending your time on earthly things that you can take to heaven, and if you're a believer and a follower of Christ, knowing that you're just passing through this earth you're not living in this earth then why are we focusing so much in sowing in the earthly things as opposed to 
the biblical things. The Bible tells us we are not of this world. We are just passing by. So why do we hang so tight to earthly possessions? When we think about earning more, the Bible doesn't say, hey, Fernando, I will pick on Marvin, but Marvin's not here, so I'm going to move on to Fernando. Hey, Fernando. The Bible doesn't say, Fernando, don't make more. He's not, not saying that. But it is challenging us. It's asking, hey, Fernando, why do you want to make more? Hey, Fernando, why do you want to leave this job for another job to get a couple hours more? Hey, Fernando, why do you want to change careers to make more money in this other career? Why do you want to earn more? And the answer to that is important because in verse 21 it says, For where your treasure is, there your heart should be. So the question that we got to ask ourselves is, why do we want to make more? It's okay to want to make more. But the key is the why. Is it to sow in earthly things? Or is it to sow in the kingdom of God? And that is the more part. Why do you want to make more? Is it to put something away so that you can give? Or is it just to sow into this world are we following your heart and treasure should be in the same place you can't store up treasures in both places for example if Fernando has clothes in two different apartments I'm not saying he does that but if Fernando had clothing in two different apartments, he's saying that he's trying to live in both places. So for us as believers, if we're trying to sow in the world and we want to sow in the kingdom at the same time, we're telling God that we're trying to be in two places. We're telling God, hey, God, you know what? I'm not just passing by. I want to stay here. All my efforts all my talents are going to be given to this world. Are we following? Let's go to verse 22 and 23. The eye and the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is dark, how great is that darkness? And here is very, very simple. Here is talking about where are we fixing our eyes on? What are we fixing our eyes on? The light comes into the body through the eyes. If our eyes were blind, we would be, we would live in dark, in a dark world. If our eyes are dark, then everything about us becomes dark. Meaning, 
if you start uh, fixating on things that are not of kingdom mind, then you start beginning to receive the dark light. That's what we're trying to get out of this scripture here. What is your vision focusing on when it comes to making more, saving more, to give more? And I'm not talking about casting vision upon the future. That's not what I'm referring to. I'm referring to what catches your attention. What catches the attention of your eye? What's that shiny thing that lures you in? Is your vision focused on earthly things or is it godly things? We follow? Verse 24. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other. Or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. You cannot serve God and money. You know what we do? We look at this like if we have two jobs. You have a job in the morning and then a job in the afternoon. You, we do two shifts. Or we got a shift on Sunday. That's my, that's my, uh, my God shift. And then Monday through Saturday is my earthly shift. But you can't look at it that way. We're slaves. We're all slaves. And because you're a slave, you're going to be pulled to one or the other. You can't be a slave of both. So you're either a slave of the world or a slave to God. You answer that on your own. Whom will you serve? God or money what i can tell you is though that if you are serving money it's going to be difficult to see how god is in the center of that more verse 25 through 34 therefore i tell you do not be anxious about your life what you will eat but what you will drink, know about your body, what you will put on. It's not life more than just food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to this span of life? Can any of us add an hour to this span of life? Um, missing 27. Let me pull it up here. Who was there? Who was there? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glories was not arrayed 
like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you little faith. Now we'll repeat that again. Oh, you little faith. This questions our faith at times. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows what you need, when you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his what? And all these things will be added to you. Therefore, again, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day, it is own trouble. There's a word there that came up a couple times, and that's the word anxious. And that's key when it comes to giving. A lot of times, we don't give. Because we're anxious. Our anxiety kicks in. We, we start to worry. We need to understand that worrying itself is a sin in God's eyes. When we worry over something like money, we're practically telling God, hey, God, you don't have this. You, you don't have control over this. And I'm not saying that it's not okay to be concerned. You can be concerned. You can be concerned of things that are going on in your life. But worrying, it, it's something that, that torments you. It's saying do not be anxious. Do not be anxious. For every single day will bring its own problems. Do not be anxious. Amen. We need to think biblically about the more. God is the more. We need to seek first the kingdom of God above all things. And this is going to be the, the, the take-home piece of the message. If you're struggling with finances, if you're struggling with, hey, why do I, why do I make more? Why do I want to take more, uh, to save more, to give more? Why do I have these desires? It's real simple. Biblically, and as Christians, there only should be two reasons why you would want to make more. There should only be two reasons why you're excited because you're going to make more money. Number one is because you want to pay your debt. We all should want to pay our debt. Proverbs 22, verse 7. The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is the slave of the lender. As believer, you should not want to be a slave of anything, anything other than God. When we are in full of debt and we owe things, we're in debt to the world. So when we're talking about finances, and I'm taking literally, I'm talking numbers, your budgets, your bills. You should not want to be in debt. You should hate it. You should hate it with a passion. To 
to be in debt. It should, as a matter of fact, it should get you angry, upset if you're in debt. No matter how big or how small. Because your job as believers is to pay that off. Maybe when you took that debt, you weren't a believer. So you made a, a bad choice. I'm here. I'm guilty. I look, I look, I got in my house, in my office, I got uh, one of those uh, big uh, sticky pads looking things with all of my debt. And I have a number. Everyone in here should know your debt number. And you should look at that number. And I'm not saying that uh, you should be tormented by it. That you should be anxious about it. But do your best to pay it off. God knows your heart. He knows the position that you're in. So if you want to know if you're in the right about wanting to make more, about wanting to get another job or, or uh, changing careers because you want to make more money. If you want to know if you're in the right about that biblically with God, it first needs to be that you want to pay off your debt. Number two is that you want to save. You want to save. And saving is, is important. Saving is important because what saving does is it prepares you to give. You can't give what you don't have. That, are, we, are we following here this morning, New Vision? Many don't know this. But as I was talking about John Wesley earlier, he became uh, wealthy during, during his life. And uh, what, what he did early on in his life was obviously when he was studying this whole concept about more uh, and what does the Bible say about making money and how to treat money. He decided, hey, you know what? I'm going to put a cap in my lifestyle and how I'm going to live, meaning that. Uh, if in year one he was making fifty thousand dollars, and in year two he's making sixty, and year three he was making seventy, he still lived under that fifty thousand dollars salary. And how he got to that point, why he made that decision was that one time he was in his house, and the lady that cleans his house, his servant, uh. She was wearing a, a, like a t-shirt. It was super cold. And he was wondering, man, why doesn't she have a coat? And uh, he asked her, he said, why aren't you wearing a coat? She's like, well, I don't have anything more. I can't afford anything more. So he reached out into his pockets to give her money. And he didn't have any. Although he was making good money, he was rich. He was mismanaging it. So although he was rich... He wasn't able to be generous because he wasn't saving. And it's finance 101, right? Most of us, our problem is not that we don't make enough. The problem is that we manage our money poorly so we can't be generous. It hurts when you give because you're, A, you're not on top of it. Number two... You're not preparing yourself for that. If we go back to the verses before about sowing, right? Sowing in, in the kingdom or sowing in this world. That's why I highlighted that verse because there it reminds us that, hey, you're either going to sow in the earth 
or you're going to sow for the kingdom of God. So you should be in expectant to want to be generous as believers, as Christians. You should be prepared to give. But you can't give what you don't have. So you need to prepare. How do you prepare? You got to put something away. But it's hard to put something away if you're full of debt. So you guys, you guys following me? And I'm not the exception. I'm there right now. Trust me. I get it. I get it. But this is why as believers and you come to church and you hear, oh, we're going to talk about finances. We ah, talk about finances again. I know I've been there. But it's because it's important. It's a matter of the heart. It's a matter of wanting to be generous. It's about wanting to do something nice for someone. You know, my goal is that my kids don't wait for me to ask if I can have a french fry. I want to say, Dad, here. All three of them. That's my goal. We want to be generous as Christians. That's, that's a more moment. And you know what's funny is that a lot of times we compare ourselves with people that have more than us so we feel that we don't have enough we get anxiety we start comparing ourselves but we never compare ourselves with those that have much less there's a stat that says that half of the population in the world half of the population in the world Lives on a budget of $2.25 per day. And I'm not referring to a, a college kid. No, I, even that is hard. Most of these are actually full-blown families. Yet we complain and cry about it. With this, I will close this morning. As I mentioned to you guys before, this topic is extremely important. Finances do matter at home. They matter in the church. It's a condition of the heart and how we view money, how generous we want to be. And it's important that we have a biblical view on it. Especially when it comes to making more, saving more, so that we can give more. And knowing that God is in the center of all that. This week, and I share this with the, with the Spanish congregation, I had a, a more moment myself this week. I'm, I'm over it now, but I was crying in the other service because it was bad. I was in the process over the last couple, couple months uh, to get, it, to get a, a good financial situation, meaning uh, this was going to put my family and I in another category. Like you would have seen Rob, you were like, oh, Rob's doing good. And you know, it was something I've been working on for the last couple months. Just, just you know, just putting my effort in, doing what I needed to do. And for one reason or another, I found out this week that that door closed. You know, I didn't get, I didn't get the answer I was looking for. That opportunity closed. 
And I, I was upset. I was angry. I was disappointed. I got anxious a little bit. You know, I was asking God, like, what do I do now? This is what I was focusing on. This is what putting all my eggs into this basket. And it's not happening now. So so what I do now? And, and, and I sat there in my living room just weeping like a child. And every part in my body, the Holy Spirit just came upon me and just simply said, trust me. Trust me. Just kept echoing into my ear. Trust me. And as I look back into the whole situation... I can uh, transparently and selfishly say that I wasn't going about that situation the right way because all I saw, the light that was coming into my eye was, man, I can potentially quadruple my income. I can, I can do this. I can take my family here. I can buy that. And not once, and I pray for God's forgiveness for this, but not once did I think about, man, I can bless this person with. I can donate to. Not once. And, and I tell you this shamefully because that's literally how I did my calculations. And I'm grateful for this message because it, it spoke to me deeply into my soul and my spirit. My eyesight and my vision became consumed, consumed with earthly things. I'm telling my wife, oh, we're going to go to this fake sheet. My wife was looking at cruises. She showed me a cruise. It was like, what is it? It was like 18-day cruise. <laughs> like, 18 days. <laughs> it was like traveling the world. But... Those were the conversations we were having. And not one time, God forgive me, not one time did I think of, man, God, who can I help out? Who can I give to? And this is why giving is so important. Because the ultimate giver is God. God is the ultimate giver. Let us stand so we can pray. As believers and as followers of Christ, our number one goal should be to be more Christ-like, more God-like. The Bible tells us that God loves a cheerful giver. He loves a cheerful giver. As a matter of fact, the only place in the Bible where you can see him use this expression of saying, God loves is used when it's tied to giving. 
That's how important it is to him. He loves a cheerful giver because he himself, he himself is the ultimate, the ultimate giver. The Bible tells us that every good and perfect gift comes from above. It comes from the Father who gave us life. God is a giver. God gave us light. God gave us life. God gave us food. God gave us work. God gave us dominion. God gave us his son, Jesus Christ. God gave us his promises and word. God gave us his Holy Spirit. God gives us peace and hope. God gives reward. God gives grace. God gives wisdom. God gives forgiveness. God gives a second chance. God is a giver. He's a giver. And every single little thing that we have, no matter how little and no matter how much more, is given from God. So if you and I, if you and I were considered his sons and his daughters, his very best, his first fruits, then who are we not to want to be givers? Who are we not to prepare our finances to bless others, to give to others? Who are we not to look into our talents, into our times, to give and bless others with those things? Who are we not to reflect that? We need to learn not to be anxious about the threat of men. Not to be anxious about what society tells you to do. Not to be anxious about what your boss tells you to do. Because if that conflicts with you serving God, you need to tell that situation, hey, God is above all that. He is above all that. Man is not over God. As it happened to me this morning, I mean this week, we need to trust. We need to learn how to depend on our faith. That is all we have while we're here temporarily in this earth. Your faith, the promises given in Scripture, that is all we have. Let us pray this morning. Father, we come to you, Lord. Seeking guidance and wisdom, Lord, from the Holy Spirit this morning. Father, we know that you know every single situation here today. 
every single heart. Father, we know that you know every single struggle. Father, but we also know that you have a plan. Father, we know that you are a God of redemption, Lord. Father, we know that you are a God of forgiveness, Lord, Father God. Father, we know that you are a God of restoration, Lord, Father. So in this morning, Lord, Father, if anyone is struggling this morning with, with wanting, with that want, that desire to be a giver, joyfully, Lord, Father God, we pray and we can only pray that it may be your will to work with them in that area, in that space. That you're able to meet them in their needs, Lord Father God. That you speak to them in their devotional time and in their prayer time. So that they can too reflect you, Lord. And be a cheerful giver, Lord. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your word. Lord, that you guide us throughout the rest of the week, Lord, so that we can be the light, Lord Father, in this world, Lord Father God, and that we can bring joy, bring joy in our place of work, bring joy in our families, bring joy in our congregations, Lord, when it comes to giving, that we become givers, Lord, in Jesus' heavenly and holy name we pray. And the people of God say, Amen. Thank you, New Vision Church. Have a blessed, blessed Sunday.